Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Dakova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The John Frickin' Meerpod is stoked to partner with Garage Grown Gear for Season 6 of the podcast. Garage Grown Gear, or GGG for short, is your online store for all things ultralight backpacking. Dedicated to supporting the growth of small and cottage brands, they've got everything you need all in one place. From ultralight accessories to dehydrated meals to your big three, Garage Grown Gear has everything you need to lighten your load. Based out of St. Paul, Minnesota, GGG is known for its commitment to providing quality ultralight gear, stellar customer service, and free shipping and returns over $40. Do yourself a favor and get your gear at GGG. There is no such thing as fun for the whole family. Jerry Seinfeld. Well, when we first started the trail, we told the kids that we're only going to hike in a month because we didn't know. We didn't want to like set off some big, long thing. So we didn't buy really much new gear because we had bought some in 2018. And we were just like, let's just pack everything in and we'll just try it for a month. And if you complain before the month is up, we're still going to keep going for the month. But then afterwards, we can all decide that we can quit. And they they never, nobody ever wanted to quit. I mean, everybody has bad moments, but nobody ever really had a bad day. I mean, by the end of every day, and this is true on the CDT too, everybody was smiling and laughing and happy by the end of every single day, not every hour. I mean... When it's raining and you're soaked to the bone and you're cold and wet and hungry and, you know, kids and adults will both break down and get cranky. I'm Doc, and this is Hiker Trash Radio. 
Hey, is this thing on? Hello? Hit it again. I think it's on now. <clears throat> Welcome to Hiker Trash Radio, where each week, Doc will drag some colorful characters out of the woods to talk trail and type 2 fun. If you're aspiring hiker trash, or if you're just looking to understand the hiker trash in your life, look no further. So lace up those boots, gnaw on some jerky, and settle into your 20-mile pace as we fire up the podcast from somewhere deep in the backcountry. It's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail, dirtbags, hiker trash, and of course, good smelling day hikers. I'm Doc, and this is Hiker Trash Radio. Hey, if you like what we're doing here, help us out. Take just a minute, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't like it, well, just keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest, a married couple who are on their way to the Triple Crown. But that's not all. They're doing it with their kids. Welcome to Hiker Trash Radio, Danae and Olin Netterberg. How's it going, you two? It's going. It's going great. <laughs> I love the good smelling day hikers. I, I thought it was just dust. It'd be like, Every time we go by a day hiker, like our head turns to kind of follow them. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you cannot miss them. There's no mistaking a day hiker because they smell so good. You can smell the soap on them. You can, you can smell the, the shampoo right. in their hair. It's it's crazy. <laughs> like, like, can we just kind of get his rub off a little <laughs> bit of that on us? Then? <laughs> that, you might get arrested if you try that. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the state. I've looked into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah do your research first very important <laughs> all right so hey where are the two of you calling in right now calling in from we're calling in from the great state of oklahoma where i'm from so it's awesome <laughs> we'll hey, go if, with you're not, if, if you're not watching on youtube uh danae's face just lights up when she talks about uh oklahoma and like, olin's face olin's face does not quite light up as much <laughs> Gets a little red, <laughs> red with. Well, we don't actually live here. We live in. We've lived in Africa for the past twelve years, so we're kind of. We don't really have a home right now. We're nomadic, and we're en route to California. Yeah, if you are actually watching, you'll see that we're sitting on the floor in front of a bed because we're. I guess we're bed surfing, not couch surfing, but yeah, <laughs> staying with family as we're staging for our hike. Okay. Very good. Now, you, you two have some extensive trail experience, so I'm assuming that each of you has picked up a trail name along the way. We do. Um, I, my trail name is Queen Bee, and Olin's is a spreadsheet. But our, Queen... our kids' trail names are, are better. That's true. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. hang, hang on. Before you get the kids' trail names, let me, let me just uh, unpack the two names that I have in front of me right now, because <laughs> I think it's very revealing, and... <laughs> I I think very appropriate just from what I just from what I know of you in the last few minutes here. Queen B. So tell me how you got Queen B, Danae. Well, I kind of just like the name and I had a hat that said Queen B on it and somebody tagged me with the name of it. And I was like, sure, I'll take that name. I mean, why not? That is such <laughs> an incomplete story. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of rule our family. So that's I mean, the the real reason. We'll I, go love, I love having a married couple on because they can fact check each other in real time. So <laughs> spreadsheet, give me the complete story. Uh, for her? Yes. The, well, there's, there's, there's a G rated version that she just gave. Uh, and the B in queen B stands for something that doesn't buzz quite as well. Um, 
I always have a good attitude. Always, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she yeah, yeah. She she's she is the queen, so she yeah, we'll go with that. You want to stay on the right side of the queen bee is what I was. You don't want to be stung. That I'm getting. <laughs> don't get stung. Very good. I'm Very so good. mean. So mean. <laughs> <laughs> and spreadsheet that that seems to have like a logistics feel to it. Is that your strong suit? Well, definitely logistics. I don't know if it's my strong suit, um, but I, I do enjoy making a good spreadsheet. So I mean, for the AT and the CDT and the PCT now it's like a spreadsheet of kind of who we know along the way um, and how far we've gone. So you can kind of punch in the mile marker every day and it gives your averages and how much is left and how many miles a day you have to do to finish by this date and this date. And um, another spreadsheet with the weather spreadsheets with our gear. Like he's, he's downplaying it. He's really crazy at it. (laughs) Anytime something comes up, it can always go into a spreadsheet. But when we did the AT, um, we had to do it in different segments at different times because we did it in 2020. And so we had a big spreadsheet that told how many miles we needed to be to left to be finished. And so it was kind of, but he didn't really have a name for the AT. There wasn't a lot of hikers around and actually spreadsheet he got last year on the CDT. It was very appropriate too. I mean, just the the logistics side, there are a ton of logistics that go into the hiking with kids thing because, you know, it's, it's, Hitting all your kids' needs first and your needs last. Um, and especially on the Appalachian Trail, because it was 2020, it was keeping up with, you know, the COVID rules that were always changing and different for every state and sometimes within the state. Uh, and so it was, it was making sure that we were being legit and legal everywhere we went, that we were doing things the right way, the safe way, the healthy way. Um, and then the last, most of the last half of the trail, we actually slack-packed ourselves. We had two vehicles. So it was finding road crossings of a distance that the kids could cover um, and then just making sure that we pieced every last foot of that trail together. So we skipped around a bunch, but we did eventually finish every last foot of the AT in 2020. Okay. And let's hear the, the, the kids' trail names. Let's hear their real names and their trail names and how old they are. So the, the oldest is named Lyle. Uh, he did the AT at 11 and the CDT at 13, and now he's 14. Uh, and his name is Blaze. He got that on the AT because uh, the kids would have fun with the blazes on the trees, the white blazes, and they'd run and race each other to the next blaze and try to hit it first. And, of course, he's the oldest and the tallest. Um, Zane uh, was, I guess, eight it's hard to remember our kids ages like we got the first one isn't that enough <laughs> he was, like we got five okay it's hard to remember their birthdays their ages he was he was he's seven currently years. 11 so he was seven when we started yeah yeah he's seven when we i mean we can We're email this terrible, to hey, hey don't don't get <laughs> don't get lost that. in the woods the main the main point here is is their anyway their, their names he's and their trail names <laughs> yeah so he's currently 11 and he's we tried to give him a bunch of names and he rejected them, but he's kind of like our sheepdog. He likes to keep everybody together make sure his siblings are being safe. Um, and so kind of running to the front, to the back and, and making sure everybody was together. He got the name boomerang. He's also the alpha dog and always very much so likes to be in the front, which he was, I mean, 90% of the AT on the CDT though, his, his older brother had a growth spurt and could kind of outpace him. Um, which the older brother loved and the little brother not so much. 
And then our third is Addison. She is currently nine. And let's see, when we did the AT, she was... Skip that part. Okay. It's too much math. <laughs> anyway, she'll be nine on this on the PCT. She was six on the AT. And um, her trail name is Angel Wings. And kind of, we were just playing around, running down the trail. And she likes fairies and um, kind of just seemed fitting for her. Running around with her arms spread out. And then our last is Juniper. And she is now seven. And her trail name is The Beast. The beast. And she's she's a bit of a legend. She's a cute little beast. <laughs> <laughs> so she finished the entire AT in one year before turning age four. No, um, she was four. She was four. That's yeah. right. Before turning age five. Yeah, yeah. And then the CDT, she did the whole thing in one year at age six. Although we did we did alternates on the CDT. Uh, didn't do the red line the whole way. Yeah. And then the baby was eight months when we started the CDT. She's now one. And her name is Deadweight. <laughs> is that her given name <laughs> it's on her birth certificate hey i mean we really had a hard time deciding <laughs> I, in the I, hospital it's hard to pick kids names so. i can see her in high school still cute, going by right? dead weight <laughs> well i would have so, i would have thought with all your your trail experience that you would have you know skipped the whole trail name process you know given name trail name and just gone straight the trail name on the birth certificate i think we pretty much did we, we did but... her middle name is grayson for grayson highland so the katahdin was a we, little strong for, a katahdin for, for a, <laughs> her first name we just couldn't do it <laughs> there was a lot we had like 20 names for her list we were still in the hospital like trying to decide her name and olin had a list of like all the possible appalachian trail names because when we finished the Appalachian Trail, we were pregnant with her. And um, so we're like, this is our Appalachian Trail baby. That's another story. We don't need to go there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there was one, like, it was Licklog Creek or something. I'm like, that <laughs> does not go on the baby name list. <laughs> if we did the PCT, it could have been like Forrester Muir or there something. There were some really weird names for the AT that <laughs> I immediately crossed off. Well, I was going to say that she she's lucky that she didn't come out uh, with middle name Knob, first name McAfee. That's <laughs> probably on the list, too. It's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. But her That's first great. name, her name is Piper Grayson. Yeah. Piper Grayson. Beautiful. All right. Hey, you two. Have you listened to the podcast before? Of course. <laughs> we... We didn't want to be corrupted by past inferior guests. I love this. <laughs> I love it when the guest says, no. I'm so sorry. I, I we live in Africa and we're really out of touch with the rest of the world. It's really tr a true statement. We, we've listened like, to zero podcasts in Africa. We don't have a commute. We walk to work. So really, there, we, we have not been listening to podcasts. Although podcasts are the most awesome thing and you should definitely listen to this one. Yeah, for sure. Nice. I, w I was not look. I was not fishing for compliments or anything like that. I was wanting to make sure that you know that we have a segment towards the end of the podcast called the hiking hack, and that is where I will turn to each of you, and you'll both be expected to share some trail wisdom to make our listeners' next outdoor experience even better. Okay, so don't be surprised when we get there. This is at the end. All right. I feel like such an imposter. I mean, we've done two long trails, but I still feel like such an imposter to give wisdom. But yeah, that's true. We're going to have something safe. We're kind of just surviving out there with the kids. Like, <laughs> it's like we're not we're real thriving. hikers. We're just like making it to the next part. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I think that just proves that imposter syndrome is a real thing in all aspects of life. I mean, you guys have have hiked two of the three American long trails and not only just hiked it, but you've done it with a, a family and you feel like imposters. That that just that boggles my mind because you <laughs> certainly have the trail cred. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. Seems odd to us, though. We'll see when we get to the PCT. We feel like the PCT is, like, cooler or something. I don't know. It's like everyone's like, oh, I don't know. It's like we're not cool enough to do the PCT, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's a West Coast Coast thing, I think. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm I'm, from Oklahoma. I'm nervous. It's it's super not a given, right? I mean, just because you've done the CDT and the AT doesn't mean that you have some right to finish the PCT. Yeah, especially in the snow year. And there's just all sorts of badness this year. Like We've we've been super lucky that we've finished two long trails with this many people and nobody's gotten injured. And, you know, we're going to push our luck and try it for another one. That's right. Knock on wood. Don't start try. So That's right. Try. Knock on wood. You, everybody's just one ankle sprain away from, from getting off. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Owen had an ankle sprain on the AT, and then he's just really stubborn. So uh, he just hiked for the last several months on a very badly sprained ankle. Just me and ibuprofen. But, I mean, he was like, I can keep up with the four-year-old. So. Right. That's the thing. When you're hiking with a four-year-old, like, nothing will stop me. Like, <laughs> all I got to do is keep up with that one. Sure. Put more weight in the pack. Um All right. Hey. Trailblazers Toolkit. That's right. It's time for the Trailblazers Toolkit, sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Six Moon Designs. I love to talk about gear on the podcast, and I love to hear about the most important item in my guest adventure gear. So if I were preparing preparing for your next adventure, and I was the one providing you with all your gear, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? Give me all the specifics on that piece of gear and tell me why you've got to have it. And this can be any type of item. It could be gear, it could be apparel, or it could be a luxury item. So Queen Bee and Spreadsheet, what is that item in your toolkit? Oh, there's there are some really good ones. I'm not, I mean, you just put this in my head, but our Six Moon Designs umbrellas. They're pretty awesome. So we took those on the CDT. Incredible. You have like shade making everything cooler. I hate rain gear and that could like replace my rain jacket. It felt so much better. We were like, we have to go back to the AT and redo it because right? I think it would be a game changer with the umbrellas. Yeah, for sure. Very true. And actually we have six, two, six moon designs backpacks. that we're going to try for the first time on the PCT. So we can't, we can't vouch for those yet, but they seem awesome. But we also really love our quilt. So yeah. Oh, so we, we have an enlightened equipment, two person quilt where you can like snap the collar around your neck and you got the foot box and like a little baffle between us so that no heat gets lost. And I was never cold and I'm always cold. It was amazing. It's like sleeping in a pile of heaven. I think there was actually one night that I told Danette I love the quilt more than I love her. Yeah, that was not a good night. (laughs) (laughs) And you still came out pregnant at the end of that trail. (laughs) It was that. That's incredible. The, the moves, actually. spreadsheet, the moves are, are pretty impressive. I hope you are taking notes on this one, right? <laughs> uh, for me, oh, I did say that at one point, so there's a lot of pieces of gear that at one point I've said, this is my favorite gear ever. My chicken tramper fanny pack. I've got a big old four liter fanny That's pack. True. So before the CDT, I was like, 
these fanny packs are dumb. They're stupid. Like I was seeing everybody hiking with them and I was like, don't they get in the way? Like your legs smack into them. So I was like, all right, I got to try one. So I tried one and I'm pretty sure at one point I said that was my favorite piece of gear as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I have a lot cheap. of, favorite sorry. Gear. We have a lot of favorite gear. Actually. Another good, one actually. is oh. a toilet. Oh <laughs> yes. But it's for the baby. So, I mean, you're carrying a toilet out there. <laughs> it's like it's like a half pound little plastic toilet. Is that a half pound? I don't think it's quite. I don't know. Pound. We got to But we it. cut yeah. the so usually it's a little kid to like a kid train. So you sit the kid on the on the toilet and they poop and it's got a little collecting bucket. So we cut off the collecting bucket. So you, every time we stopped, we dig a cat hole, put the toilet on top of the cat hole. She'd do her business and then we just fill it in and go on our way. And she's 8 months old. 8 months old. And we spent six months on trail and we had five poopy diapers in six months. It was amazing. Yeah. But since we finished the trail, we have failed and had way yeah. a lot of mistakes, but it's, it's training the parents. It's not training the kid. Well, can you imagine but, the confusion that, uh, you know, she's, she's just allowed to poop wherever <laughs> and for, for six months. And then she comes in, comes home and, and she, it, it's a very different experience. I mean, what are you guys going to do this indoors? That's so unhygienic. <laughs> well, also she can walk now, so it's going to be a very different experience. She, she's got a lot more attitude and personality and she's got opinions. If you see us with like all of our gear and there's poop all over it, just, just walk walking. the other way. <laughs> Look for the nice smelling day hiker. Yes. <laughs> That's right. And uh, spreadsheet. Uh, Spreadsheet, I want to go back just a little bit because I have heard in my lifetime, I have heard these four words at one point or another. I've heard the word chicken. I've heard tramper. I've heard fanny and I've heard pack, but I have never heard them in a consecutive <laughs> order like that. That just kind of blew me away. So, so chicken tramper ultralight gear. It's these couple like engineering students from upper peninsula of Minnesota, of Michigan. And they're into backpacking. They decided that they could try to make their own gear. So they, Decided they were going to use uh, X-Pack 25, I think is what they used. They just wanted to use one fabric and specialize with one thing. Um, and so that's what they did. And now they've got, I don't know what, eight or ten employees. And they've got a whole warehouse and a robot cutting stuff. And they've really blown up. They, they're So they are really popular with the fanny packs, like little chest strap pockets, shoulder strap pockets, and then water bottle holders. They used to make backpacks. I don't know if they are again. They stopped for a while because they couldn't find a way to... I mean, their backpacks were awesome. All four of our kids have custom-made, sized, ultralight backpacks from them. Um, you asked hope- for one piece of gear, and we're giving you, like, 15. So, I love gear. My my biggest reason for backpacking is that I can get gear. Like, I just love gear. Like, that, that's, that's my favorite part of hiking is getting cool gear. Uh, and, I mean, ever since I was... That's all I am to him is a piece of gear. I'm like... <laughs> the ultimate gear. It's the best, the best luxury item he has. Uh, I mean, correct. she's she's relatively ultralight. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let you get back to tr- Chicken Tramper because they're amazing. They have really great customer service too, and they wrote us like uh, little yeah. personal notes and yeah. Every time they ship the us something, they get a little personal note in there. And everybody that I've talked to that has had any issues, like a zipper isn't working, whatever, they call the guys and Chicken Tramper says, "Oh yeah, send it in to us." And they they fix it and send it back, or they send them a new one. Like it's awesome. Just elite customer service all right hey guys we're gonna keep talking about gear with it's the hawking pole
the hiking pole. And that's pole spelled P-O-L-L, like a survey, not like the two things you carry in your hands out there. I like to explain that on every episode because I think I'm so clever to have come up with that. And my guest reaction is pretty much the same uh, every time. They look at me like, yeah, big deal, dude. Who cares? All right. So this 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 is a seven-question survey that's going to help me give each of you a score on the sanity scale from one to a hundred. With one, one being completely insane and 100 being completely sane. Now, normally there's a 25 point, automatic 25 point deduction for anybody who's done one of the American long trails. But for you two who drag your kids out there, it's an automatic 35 point deduction. So the highest score you could possibly get tonight is 65. Is that that fair? That's very fair. That's generous. All right. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you seven questions, find out which side of the fence you fall on on each of these. They're all hiking related. And a little bit of explanation is always helpful uh, to, for me to adjust the score one way or the other. And some of these questions, there's no, there's whichever way you go, you're still going to lose points, but you may lose fewer points than, than the other answer. So are you ready for this? So, so ready. Born for it. Okay. So we're going we're to take turns uh, going first. We're going to start with Queen B on this first question. Okay, so Queen Bee will answer first, and then spreadsheet will will weigh in. So first question, trekking poles or no trekking poles, Queen Bee? Yes, trekking poles. And why? Because I am getting older and my knees need them. (laughs) Okay, spreadsheet? For sure. Uh, Big yes. When I I started hiking, somebody told me that one pole would take 15% of the pressure off your knees. So I carry six poles because I figure that takes 90% of the pressure off my knees. <laughs> That's I'm a mess. answer. It works out. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> Very good. All I right. get a spreadsheet. It's legit. <laughs> spreadsheet. Question number two. You start off. What's on your feet? Boots or trail runners? Uh, uh, boots, but I lust after trail. I want it to be trail runners, um, but my. My pack is too heavy, and I don't have the courage for that, so I go with boots. What are mine? Are they the last ones I used? Oh, I don't well, even know what, and I'm like, what were they? They were explain what they yeah, are. Yeah, so last year I used um, zero. Um, ultra light, ultra like thin. Boots. They're not trail runners, though. Uh, they're like an in between. <laughs> I don't know what they're. They're unpadded boots. <laughs> they're hiking shoe, hiking boots, but they're not like a traditional boot. They're minimalist. They're like you know yeah. the barefoot runner shoes. I'm but like, a what boot did version. I hike in? I yeah. love them though. Not my favorite, but I love them. Queen yeah. B, I'm right. I'm writing down a, a loss of points here just because I'm thoroughly confused. Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Queen B, you're first this time. And when it comes to your shelter system out there, is it tent, tarp, hammock, bivy, or hey, let's just cowboy camp? Let's just cowboy camp. Is that your preference? Yeah. If it's not going to rain. <laughs> of course, you have to take take in the, the, the environment. How about you, spreadsheet? Um, so I actually have a spreadsheet for this. <laughs> and on the CDT, we cowboy camp 25% of the time. You can't just stick to yes or no. So it's, it's, a, it's a multiple choice. It's not a yes or no. So yeah, cowboy camp. On the AT, though, we hammocked the whole way. The kids were in a tent and we hammocked. Um, but if it's, if the weather's looking dicey, we do Z packs tents. So I, we, you know, we, we talked about the idea of hammocking the PCT, but 
with kids and being sometimes you just can't really power through to the next trees. You just got to pick a spot. So we're doing. So I guess some of that depends on do I have the kids or not too? Because sometimes the baby can crawl away, and I do feel a little more comfortable if she's in the tent. Yeah, if we're by but, water, Janae wants. But to I like to get going in the morning if we can, and it takes us a long time to get going. We're not like early risers, so it's like any little thing we can do to get us going will help. And cowboy camping definitely helps get us going. Yeah, Queen, so whether that's, that, that's very comforting to know that you take into account your your baby crawling away. The safety of my children. That's right. Well, once in a while, you factor that. I don't in. want her to run. Like we're definitely if we're camping by water, we're gonna camp in the tent. Yeah, um, smart. I'm not that insane. Yeah. No, I'll, yeah. I'll be the judge of that, Queen Bee. Right? Okay. <laughs> By definition. <laughs> and was was is it a two person hammock? Oh, so when we started, we were in a two person hammock because it was going to be romantic. <laughs> so where we live in Chad is like 120 degrees. So there's no like physical contact because that just makes you don't want any body heat. So like, oh, we're in America, we can cuddle. So we got the two person. The double nest hammock. We went on like a four day backpacking trip. And by the end, I was like, I am sleeping on the ground on the rocks because I cannot get comfortable. I mean, you're like, either your heads are at the same end and you're face to face. We don't need to get into all the positions. Like (laughs) butt to butt was the best of you. Or or you're like, everybody's got a head at one end and your feet in the middle. And undoubtedly, you kind of like work your way toward the middle, toward the bottom with gravity. It is not romantic or comfortable. It's just, it's bad. You got like your feet are going up each other's bums. It's just not. So we decided to still keep it light. And he had the bright idea to bunk bed the hammock. So we still share a quilt and we put me on a second small hammock right on top. And then we share the same quilt around us. And we got one set of straps, the two hammocks on one, on one set of straps. (laughs) And one. Anything to to cut weight. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm in a comedy show. I mean, this is <laughs> the, the two of you in your routine. This is this is beautiful. Nobody's going to take us seriously hiking. They should. They shouldn't take us seriously. We're just a couple of posers out there with our kids. <laughs> All right, spreadsheet. Question number four. I think I, I already know the answer to this question, but I'll just ask it anyway because it's it's part of the seven. Uh, when it comes to sleeping, is it sleeping bag or quilt? Quilt. A thousand percent quilt. I'm a, I'm a convert. And you said that it buttons around your neck. There's a collar that buttons around your neck. If it's a two-person quilt, does, does it have two collars? <laughs> like, get away from me. I can't. <laughs> if you're not so watching wait, this on YouTube, hit the pause button. Hit the pause button and pick this up on YouTube because you have to see this too. <laughs> Uh, no, but there's a collar between you, so you're safe. There, there's like a little draft collar between us. Uh, so there's two there are two neck snap sets. There's her on her side, me on my side. And you're and if you're lucky, your line down your the feet middle can touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounded like a group answer because there was two collars. Uh, oh, sorry. No choice, right? So no, that's I, good. I would. Yeah, that's good. Choose the quilt also. I, I am so entranced here that I have lost all track of my scoring. So uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we failed the test. Nonsense. We're off the charts. All right. <laughs> Question number five, Queen B, when it comes to food, are you a stove person, cold soak or stoveless? Stove. We, we definitely, um, especially with the kids. I mean, probably if it were just us two, we would, you know, eat 
cold food and just the minimal thing to be able to get us further down the, down the trail. But our kids, you know, we kind of feel guilty. We're out in the middle of the cold and everything. So we like to have them hot chocolate. We can go hot chocolate. Sometimes I bring marshmallows, but definitely hot meals in the morning and at night. And if we, if we don't, like if we just get going in the morning, we'll stop and have a mid morning hot meal. So two hot meals a day. And we, uh, so our stove is, it'd be nice to have one of those little pocket rockets, like the BRS $12 thing on Amazon, but we're rocking the old school MSR whisper light, like the big, and we had the dragonfly. So we, have, we actually have a pretty big stove, a couple big pots, uh, and we cook on car gas. We have like, you know, the liquid car gas bottle that we fill. So we got to go to the gas station every time we supply. But it's like to fill the bottle. 55 cents to fill it. So. Right. I mean, it's like a 700 cc's or something of gas. You've been in Chad for a while. Have you checked gas prices? It's probably it's probably a good oh, 20 bucks true. to fill it up now. Wait, we actually we just heard that out this morning that our hospital in Chad has no can't get diesel in the country, so there's no generator. Oh, and the generator's broken too. Yeah, there's some issues so, there. Yeah, legit 2023, <laughs> our hospital in Chad of 104 beds has no power at the moment. And when no power means you can't run the water tower, so no water either. That means doing surgery with a headlamp and just I mean doing it. Going from there to the trail isn't that much of a change. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Wow. Wow. We'll just be happy to have hot hot showers in towns. Like that's something we don't get over there. And nobody waking us up at night to go to yeah. the hospital. Just lots of benefits. Yeah. The trail. All right. Hey, hey guys, back to the hiking pole. Uh question oh, yeah. number six. Question number six. <laughs> We're almost done. Just bear with me a little bit longer. Question number six. Uh, is life better above or below the tree line? Spreadsheet, your turn. Oh, man. I know what she's going to say. I know my answer. I'm, I'm going to say above the tree line. Um, and, man, I'm an East Coast guy. Like, I, I love trees. I love forests. But the views above tree line, you just can't beat them. Okay. Queen my- Bee? Well, I have this really crazy, terrible fear of lightning and so i am so at peace below the tree line i mean i love the views and i'm not afraid of heights or anything i just we were hiking um the high point of utah a few years ago and we had a terrible experience very close to lightning and since then i have a little ptsd and every time we get up above i'm like are there storms coming like so i'm very obsessed with if there's any storm coming like trying to get below the tree line so i probably would feel better sleeping below the tree line We'll, we'll be hiking along and like two ridges over, there'll be a flash of lightning and suddenly she's screaming to the trees, to the trees, like well, takes off. And I'm like with actually, the kids and we were every on, man for himself. What was that? Mount Washington. We were coming down that. We, Mount Madison. We had yeah. made it all the way over to Madison and like a storm came up and we had... Yeah, like two and, miles of giant slick wet boulders. And I pretty much left him with the four year old. Me and the four year old. Like, Don't get to the trees, kids. <laughs> we yeah. We get to tree line and she's kind of set up dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was just happy. It was pouring down rain and, I, and there was you know this huge descent to do um, with huge yeah. rocks and I'm like, yay, we're in the trees. We're gonna live. <laughs> Actually, I'm looking out the window right here where we are right now in Oklahoma. And there's a thunderstorm. Going. There's some lightning going on out there. But we are, are you going to be okay? You going to be okay, Queen yeah. Bee? <laughs> <laughs> Little piece you don't know what I grew up in with tornadoes in Oklahoma. So. Today, there was a tornado warning today. Actually, there still is until like 10 p.m. All right, we'll keep with the poll. I think All right, yeah, yeah. I okay. think we have our verdict. 
there, there, one, one more question. Oh, one more question. And Queen B, you're first this time. Mm-hmm. What's more important, pack weight or luxury items? Pack weight. Absolutely. I mean, when I started the AT, we just had so much junk that we had to cut out. I mean, so much junk, not kids, but junk. And, <laughs> and then, and then we added dead weight. We're like, there's no way we can do this unless we have nothing extra. So, I mean, we do have some things extra, but, but definitely. We yeah. We you're you're carrying around a toilet for goodness sake. <laughs> We're carrying around a baby. Hey, a girl's got to be comfortable. <laughs> So far, our heights. I don't like carrying poop, and that's what she poops on. So, <laughs> our heights have always been like a week of carrying too much junk, and then a purge. Yeah, then and we're then like, I'm so end, sorry. By the end, we kind of end up carrying a little bit more again. But so, wh- when we're going out with kids, we really want that first week to be fun and enjoyable and comfortable. Like you got to keep them warm and dry and fed and slept. So when we started the AT, we had like a Four season three man tent. We had a bivy. We had well, we didn't do a shakedown hike, so we carried a lot of stuff just to like we had see like what we six liked. sleeping pads and six sleeping. It was crazy. Uh, we were out for a week or two, and then we we kind of went back to a base and took out fifty pounds. We stripped down fifty pounds, and then when we went to the CDT, I think this is not helping our points system here. Whatever. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the CDT, we were on the CDT for a week. And we're like, man, all right, the baby definitely changed this dynamic. And we were like trying to go ultralight. So we went the awesome EE quilt, like the Z Packs tens. We were we thought we were going light. And then after a week we got off. Trail. We still cut out nine pounds. We cut out nine pounds. And this is me like cutting the tags off the clothes, like yeah, we did. going O C D, just cutting off every excess thing I could, like all the packs and I had two fleece pajamas for the baby just in case, you know, she sped up or pooped on one. No, we went down to one. One and <laughs> there's no, nothing extra. And I had this beautiful brand new Osprey, like this giant Osprey 85 liter pack. And I'm just like hacking the straps off. And I'm like, sleeping bag compartment, I can cut that separator out. Like just cutting off everything that I could cut, find. Ice axe loops, I'm not taking ice axes. Cut those off. Just cut everything off. So toothbrushes, no toothbrushes, half toothbrushes, holes drilled in the handles of the toothbrush. Just the head. We cut. We cut that. <laughs> just the, just the it head. More, <laughs> it was more a mentality thing. Like if you cut your toothbrush in half, it's more. It makes you think of other things. So it's not like it's that much of a difference. I mean, you know, the smart water bottle. When you take the cap off, there's that little plastic ring. Yeah, I gotta pry that sucker off. Oh, we're going ultralight now. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta, I gotta make some adjustments. Hang on. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right. Guys, First guys, bear, bear with me. <laughs> bear, bear with me here. I've got to do a little bit of math. We need to take your answers. We've got to put them through the John freaking Mirpod algorithm. Let's see, I got to, I got to carry the. I got three. a spreadsheet for that. We're gonna, we're gonna multiply that by uh, root five, and we're gonna divide by pi, and we're gonna adjust. We're gonna adjust for the the uh, fragrance of feet in your face in the double hammock, and <laughs> queen bee. Uh, Queen, Queen B, you you score out at a thirty seven, and a spreadsheet you're you're at thirty two. <laughs> oh. Wait, does that mean I'm more insane or less, less insane? insane? Less insane. One is completely insane. So you you're you're slightly above spreadsheet. 
immediately above. <laughs> Not quite medicatable. <laughs> and really, that's just because I was scared as of, of what you would do to me if you came out. <laughs> hey, I see where you are. We're going there. <laughs> Before the All podcast, right. he, did, he didn't tell us where he lives. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get those cameras up. All right. Uh, hey, before we get before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit. I would love to hear about uh, where each of you grew up. Uh, what kinds of sports and hobbies you were involved in as kids and how you got involved in the through hiking cult. And also please include, how did the two of you meet? Hmm. I guess I'll start. I grew up in the beautiful state of Oklahoma where I had 180 acres to roam and climb trees and play out in the woods. So I love being outside and I grew up doing gymnastics and sports and college. I started climbing and, but I never really did much backpacking. Um, I mean, I did some, I guess, but, but not like, I never was like, I'm going to do this long-term when I grow up. And then we actually met, and then you can talk about how you grew up. Raised by the wolves. Uh, I (laughs) I grew up in in Southwest Michigan on an 80 acre apple orchard. Um, And I was mostly doing, I mean, I was very social. So team sports, basketball, baseball, football, volleyball, whatever. Anytime I could get friends together, I wasn't really much for social for for solo activities um but then junior senior year of high school you could get a a pe credit for going backpacking for a week so we went with a school group and my buddy and i decided we were going to make a challenge out of it to either go super heavy or super light and we realized that we were broke so we went with a super light option um so we shared a backpack with a base weight of 12 pounds carried like an external frame pack um so he carried an external frame pack. I carried all of our clothes, which were all cotton. <laughs> we had, I don't think we had a water filter. We didn't have a stove, but we still brought ramen and just crunched on it dry. Uh, we just brought a tarp that we wrapped up in like hot dogs, like things in a blanket. He's laughing um, at this, but he tries to get us to change to this way all the time. So I'm the reason in the two of us. She is the reason, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm constantly saying, no, that's not going to work, or no, we're not doing that. But Spreadsheet spreadsheet has this ultralight spreadsheet with those items on it. That's yeah. right. I yeah. do, I do. <laughs> um, but we met while we were in medical school, actually, in Southern California, Loma Linda. Yeah, yeah. She was, she was up in front um, talking to the whole medical school about a summer trip that she had taken to Ethiopia. And I legitimately turned and said to the guy beside me, Nathan Stockamp, I said, I'm going to marry that girl someday. And then I did. <laughs> That's a lovely story, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> There's more to it, but I think you have to meet us in person to get to know all well, of the stories. She, she turned me down for a movie. <laughs> she turned me down for a, a baseball game, a daytime double date baseball game with her he acts like he acts like I'm sitting around trying to like wait for dates or whatever. I was actually trying to pass medical school because it was whatever. hard. <laughs> she turned I, me I down think, to go golfing. I think she was very leery of you for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> so so then then finally, uh, like a big group of us were going out for a weekend camping and she agrees to come. And then Friday morning, she calls and says, actually, some more attractive guys are no, going that's not true. rock climbing this weekend. I so really I'm gonna wanted go to go climbing. to Red Rocks and there was a group going to go do a multi-pitch and I really wanted to go do it. I can't compete, compete with rock climbers. <laughs> Those guys are awesome. Uh, so, but then one of our first dates was actually backpacking. We went to Joshua Tree 
and hiked and hiked up to the highest point in Joshua Tree and slept on the top of the hill. This was before the fancy down. GPSs. So he's like, yeah, I want to go to the high point of Joshua Tree. So we parked wherever we could and then hiked following this little handheld um well, I mean, this is GPS that they had back in. This is like 2005. 2000. Yeah. Um, so you've got an arrow was, that says, you know, 5.2 miles that way. And that's it. You got no. It was pretty fun and adventurous. I had been awake all night working and I don't know. We just kind of made it fun. It was a lot of fun. We made it to the high point. We didn't get lost and we didn't die. It was great. <laughs> that's that's right. Spreadsheet. I know where you're coming from because my wife, my very first word, her, her first words to me. First day of high school, uh, we had the same class together. I walk into the classroom. First day of school, I see her sitting there. There's an empty seat next to her. I go and I sit down in that empty seat next to her. And I'm looking straight ahead, and I can see out of the corner of my eye that she looks. She's looking at me, and I'm thinking, okay, all right. And she says, excuse me. And I'm like, okay, this, I'm, I'm, I'm golden. And she says, can you please move? I was saving that for my friend. And so <laughs> – I moved to the back of the class, checked out a couple of days later, and didn't talk to her again until middle of 11th grade. So, oh man, <laughs> true story. Well, who was right in the end? <laughs> yeah, I'm like a fungus, I grow on you. <laughs> yeah, you're a fun guy. <laughs> oh, I, I, I see what you did there. Very good. So, uh, you guys are both doctors. Do you have specialties? We do. I'm an OBGYN, which means women's health. Um, where I'm in Africa, I also operate on men, whether I like it or not, because there's not a, not any other surgeons um, around. So do lots of weird cases that we do not have to get into the details of that because you might be grossed out. Definitely should be grossed out. <laughs> uh, and I, I am actually, I'm an emergency physician, but um, in Africa where we are, we don't really, I mean, there's not an intensive care unit. There aren't ventilators. There's so I don't really do much that's really like emergency medicine. Just do whatever needs to be done. Medicine, pediatrics, anesthesia, radiology, whatever, whatever needs done. Yeah. My oldest daughter is a labor and delivery nurse. And I, 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 from experience, I had, to, I had to tell her no more stories at the dinner table, please. <laughs> <laughs> You're just weak. <laughs> <laughs> Women have been doing it for centuries. <laughs> Open up your mind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, okay. the whole thing about uh, men marry their mother. My my mother was an OB nurse. Um, but in fairness, we were dating well before she chose OB as a specialty. So I'm off the hook there. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> All right. We're going to put a pin in that right there. As uh, <laughs> exciting as that is right there. And we're going to take a quick break. Uh, going to hear from the sponsors. We're going to pay some bills and when we come back. We're going to hear about what it's like hiking on the long trails with a bunch of kids and one named Deadweight. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the back country to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. 
Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. Plus, their fun standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at jollygear.com. Through hiker owned Jolly Gear, where fun meets functional. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. And welcome back. We are talking to Danae, a.k.a. Queen Bee, and Olin, a.k.a. Spreadsheet, uh, about their uh, trips that they've done with their kids, Blaze, Boomerang, Angel Wings, The Beast, and my favorite, Deadweight. Um, Everybody's favorite. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So we, we've talked a little bit about uh, you know paying the bills, missionary doctors in Chad. Um, how, how did you end up there in Chad? Well, that's a, that's a whole separate podcast. Uh, yeah. Long give story. me, give me the 30 second version. So uh, we... she spent a year in Zambia as a college student. I spent six months in East Africa after college and not knowing each other. We both went to medical school, figuring that that was the best way to go back and do good things in Africa. Um, so we met, we met and I said that I was going to marry her before I ever knew that that was her plan. So I wasn't too jaded, but then when I saw that she was, she was, you know, pretty hot and okay. it, it worked out We're over me. 30 seconds here. And it was a solid marriage of convenience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to say, I don't think I've ever met a more perfectly paired couple. I mean, just talk <laughs> about uh, the interest you guys come from, I mean, different States, but you, you grew up in the outdoors in rural towns. You, you end up going to med school. You guys ended up in, in Africa, you're, you're, you're both doctors. You both have this passion to help others. I mean, I, I, I don't know how else. How, don't how worry. We're be. not perfect. It's, it's not, like, it's like, I married, it's like I married myself. It, it is perfect. Yeah, funny. <laughs> and, and you two sleep in a double hammock with uh, your feet to the other, other person's face and everybody's so happy. Perfect. So perfect. <laughs> like the yeah. yin and yang. <laughs> it's a, it's solid couples therapy. Either you make it or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so what are some of the biggest challenges faced by the people who live in Chad that, that you're helping out at the hospital? Oh boy, oh. that's, that's too big that's of a, a story. Podcast. I, I do specifically <clears throat> women's health and women are definitely undervalued in rural Chad. Um, specifically the labor and delivery, your favorite subject. Um, no, but very many challenges to get to the hospital. A lot of the times the babies are already dead when they get to me. And so you're just helping the mom 
And then something develops from those, from prolonged labor days, like a day and a half or more of, of labor um, called vesicovaginal fistulas. And so since I've been there a long time, I've learned to repair those. And that's basically a woman will constantly leak urine and they, they will have this for years, maybe even 20 plus years. And so they're outcasts in their village and big, long story, but it's super, super, super rewarding to repair those and to restore their life in the community. Yeah. I mean, if you've got, if you've got numbers, people who like to listen to the podcast, uh, I like numbers. And when we went the 2008 numbers, when we first went to Chad, 2% of pregnancies would kill the mom. So one in 50 pregnancies, the mom dies from the pregnancy. Uh, one in 11 chatting women died in childbirth. 12 and percent of newborns died uh, at birth of those that live 21% of kids died before the age of five. So more than one in five kids don't live to the age of five. There's a lot of something. Um, there's a lot of deaths from malaria and people yeah. don't think about it in the first world country because it doesn't exist anymore because they've eradicated it, but nobody cares anymore that has money about these third world countries that have malaria because they're not the ones dying from it. But when children are dying every day on your pediatric ward from something that's preventable, then it's just, it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, and our own kids have malaria several times a year, but we're just aggressive at looking for it and treating it right we've, away. We've had, we've known a couple of missionary <laughs> families too that have lost children. And so it's very, malaria. you're, you're definitely aware of the dangers where we live in Chad. And one of those is malaria. Uh, there's other risks too, but um, yeah, two of our closest families that are friends like they're american families and their friends each of those families have lost a kid in chad one was six months old one was four years old both times malaria so once we always carry malaria meds with us when we come back the first month because you're more likely to get it in the first month so when we're on trail we're going to be carrying malaria meds just in case the kids get it um but then it's something different about being out on trail because in chad we come inside when it gets dark because that's when the malaria mosquitoes come out and we sleep under mosquito nets. But then when we're out on the trail and we can cowboy camp without a net, or we can just be outside and look at the stars, it's so different. And you don't realize that unless you've had to be inside or you're under a net or something because of something that can kill you like a tiny little vampire called a mosquito. And um, it's just very freeing when you're out on the trail because you're like, oh, I can be outside and look up at the stars. And it's it's a wonderful feeling. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, and congratulations on all the, the great work you've done in Chad. That is uh, quite moving. I mean, hearing hearing you describe what goes on there and the two of you devoting uh, significant portions of your of your lives to, to dealing with that is, is just so impressive. It's it's rewarding in its own frustrating way. It's super rewarding. And it's also challenging because people are like, oh, thank you for what you do. But then when you're there and then you're leaving and we just left after 12 years of service and it never really feels like enough because the people that are there, they can't get away. And the locals that are working in our hospital, they're amazing and they're providing service for everybody. And it's not like they can just leave. And, you know, it's it's just a it's and even though we've left there's still a daily battle that goes on there with life and death and lack of care and lack of resources. And yeah, so it doesn't go away. And so we hope we can bring some, um, I mean, it really just points out, to that. Just points out the yeah. justice of the, of the crap shoot of, of the birth lottery. I mean, we didn't, we didn't do anything to deserve being born 
into relatively privileged white American families. I mean, there's nothing that made me more noble to be born that way as a, as opposed to being born a chatting into poverty. Um, but at the same time, I mean, people there are happy, they're living life, they're smiling, they're laughing. Um, they, they deal with a lot of challenges that we don't. Also, but, uh, we've, they, they still enjoy we've also said women there are amazing. You notice I say women, I mean, <clears throat> men, you know, they're amazing too. They live hard lives, but the women carry like, a hundred plus pound loads on their head every day. They're not like out proving something for a backpacking thing or anything, not trying to get in some magazine. They're just living, trying to go home, go to the market. And they're very, very strong. And um, they sleep outdoors on the ground. all the yeah, time. I mean, they could so one up everybody on these long backpacking trails, just carrying stuff on their heads and like hiking they, forever. They laugh at water filters. And we'd be all out trying to hike up some mountain and they'd just be like skipping up it with a load on their head. Now, Queen um, Bee, Queen Bee, please don't feel like you have to justify your comments about women. You know, I, I'm a member of the of the male side of things and I, I know how crappy we are. So, I mean, it, it goes <laughs> without saying you know, that, that uh, you, you've got it exactly right. So don't, don't worry about that. Hey, let's, let's turn our eyes to the long trails. I want to know how parents of four at that time, four little ones, four, seven, nine, and 11 decide, you know what? Hey, it'd be a good idea. Wouldn't it be a good idea if we just, we just got on the trail and walked for 2,200 miles on this thing called the Appalachian trail. I mean, how did, how did that all come about? Mushrooms. No, Actually, we were all in likes to do the high points of different states. We have not done all of them, but we've done a good significant portion of them. Many of them before I was part of the two of us. Um, but we were at Mount Mitchell, I think, in North Carolina. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Zane, who is our third, second kid, he, no. He's our second, yeah. No, I know. But, <laughs> oh, I can't remember how many kids we had at that point, but we had two or three. And we were like. I don't, we started talking about the Appalachian trail there, you know, that's like a, not even a one mile little hike that we went on there, but we're like, Hey, this is kind of fun. I remember so, we started yeah, talking about it. We there. talked about it. And then she was back in America taking her oral boards, which was super stressful um, to become a board certified gynecologist. Um, and I think she kind of just had a mental breakdown and decided that we should all go hike the Appalachian trail. But it was your idea in the beginning. Oh, yeah, a long time ago. But uh, the Beast was two years old then. So I was like, this is a terrible idea. Let's do it. Um, but the surgeon that we had lined up to replace him was in the hospital. He was tired of having malaria, so he left. So uh, like two weeks before he was supposed to start the, the AT, he bailed. So we just had to stick around like in the hospital. Olin had all of his spreadsheets ready, like where the resupplies <laughs> were. This was 2018. And we were going to do it that year. And I was getting distracted studying. So I was like trying to, you know, look up different gear and stuff in America. It, it, I mean, it would have been brutal at those ages, though. It, it would They would have been two, four, six and nine. And that would have been exceptionally hard. That would have been. Uh, yeah. So we came back and we did like, I don't know, we did what, three or four week long trips, week long backpacking trips that year. Um, and then the next year, the kids were three, five, eight and ten. And we did another um, four or five days. And the three-year-old wasn't carried at all on that on that one. And she kept up. I mean, she was cold turkey doing seven miles a day at three years old. And we're like, oh, all right, maybe. So then we got a surgeon that could come help at the hospital. Um, so we felt like we could leave. And that was 2020. So we, and we were back. also kind of 
reaching our more insane status, our insanity status, because we were needing well, a break. We were getting pretty burned out. Um, so we needed a break. So then we came back and we started hiking the AT and then, you know, COVID happened. Um, and so nobody was on the trail and you weren't allowed to interact with people. Well, we when we first started the trail, we told the kids that we're only going to hike in a month because we didn't know. We didn't want to like set off some big, long thing. So we didn't buy really much new gear because we had bought some in 2018. And we were just like, let's just pack everything in and we'll just try it for a month. And if you complain before the month is up, we're still going to keep going for the month. But then afterwards, we can all decide that we can quit. And they, they never, nobody ever wanted to quit. I mean, everybody has bad moments, but nobody ever really had a bad day. I mean, by the end of every day, and this is true on the CDT too, everybody was smiling and laughing and happy by the end of every single day, not every hour. I mean, when it's raining and you're soaked to the bone and you're cold and wet and hungry and, you know, kids and adults will both break down and get cranky. Um, but I mean, by bedtime, every single day, folks were happy. I mean... I don't know that we were happy every single day at the end of the day. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, spreadsheet, spreadsheet. I've got I've got three kids and I and I and just living in a house, I, I have not been able to get to exactly. the bedtime with everybody well, happy. Our our kids are happier on trail than they are in the house. Oh, we don't have a house right now. <laughs> Which is why they're happier on trail. <laughs> um yeah, so in the beginning, we, we were like, let's just do it a month. And definitely at the end of the month, everybody still wanted to do it. Oh, yeah. So we keep going, even though everyone else quit, because we were supposed to. Yeah, I know. 2020 was, was crazy, but it worked out pretty well for us. It would have been really hard for us to do it as that size family on the AT, really any other year, on a normal year. Um, but it worked out well. Was there any kind of public awareness of, of what you guys were doing out there? That, that there no, was a I mean, family of, of six? writing the whole time. Yeah. Was like, I, even on my, my Facebook, I didn't put out that we were anywhere. I've made a private Facebook group because, I mean, we didn't feel like we were being bad necessarily. We just didn't want to give the appearance of that we're, that we're rejecting COVID or that we're, yeah. we just, we felt like we were being safe. We just didn't want to be, we didn't want to give the, I don't care attitude, which we didn't have, but it might give the appearance of that. So. Yeah, I mean, we were, we were big. There, were, there was a lot of hate on the ATN 2020 and we didn't want to be any part of that, um, especially with our kids. And, you know, I, I'm an emergency physician and the, and the ER doctors were frontline on that whole COVID pandemic. And, there's a Facebook group of like 26,000 ER doctors and I, and I'm talking to them. I'm saying, Hey, you know, do you guys, should I, this is like a once in a, in a lifetime pandemic that should I be coming to work and helping or, you know, should I be getting off trail? And all the ER doctors were actually like, nah, you're out there, you're in the woods, you're with your family, you're not socializing with other people. Um, you go, you, you do your thing. We got this. Um, and it, they were very, very supportive. And we, I feel like we were safe. I mean, we were masking up when we were, when we were with other people, we were keeping distance from people on the trail. We were in our nuclear family out getting exercise and fresh air outdoors. Right. Um, and let's, let's put yeah. the pandemic aside, put that, put that aspect aside. And was there any kind of criticism after this about how can you take kids out on the trail for that, for that length of time? Have you ever heard of uh, Cammie and Ben Crawford? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, we, I, I had been on on the show, and we we had a great conversation. And he talked about the the hate and the the uh, the feedback we, he got from taking kids out on the trail like that. 
We give him all the credit because I think he took all of the hate for us. It was us. a nice lightning rod. And that was two years before we were out. And then, I mean, nobody cared about us. Nobody even really knew that we were out there. Well, yeah. And then, I mean, I think people who maybe told us to not do certain things were our friends who posted anonymously on our blog that tell us to take our kids out of Africa. So right. I think those may have been the same people telling us not to be out on the trail. <laughs> I don't remember anybody specifically addressing us to say, don't be on the trail. But um, but I think you know, most people that saw us really thought that we were just out day hiking or they thought that yeah. I don't think anyone really knew we were through hikers and we were, and we, were we weren't putting it out there or anything. But I mean, 2020 people had so much to be angry at in general of just angry at life, angry at politics, angry at whatever that I don't know that they had much energy left to be angry at us. Um, this one person on Facebook last year, um, we were in the CDT group and I wrote something. I don't remember what, but they were like, that was, that's really selfish of you to bring oh, your yeah. kids out because you might use up the emergency <clears throat> rescue groups, blah, 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 blah. And I kind of backlash and I was like, you don't know what selfish is lady, especially if you're an American because where I live, blah, 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 blah about Chad Africa. And so I kind of, and then she deleted her comment. And so I don't know, I kind of talk back when I shouldn't. So maybe, I don't know, but well, I get you are, you're the queen. You are the queen bee. That's right. Queen <laughs> bee. I respect other people's opinions. And actually some, a few people made a few posts that I, just about different things on our hike and you know it's nice to listen to and then sometimes you're like thanks but no thanks and sometimes you're like oh that's a good point but i don't know social media is just way overrated these days there were so there were some people again the at the whole world was consumed with with the pandemic some really paid much attention to us which again was fine uh, and the crawfords had kind of you know ben doesn't really seem to mind being too much of a lightning rod there was Buddy Backpecker, who was before the Crawfords, and they took a bunch of heat. Buddy was five when he finished the AT, um, and they took some heat. But by the time we had done it, you know, the wheel had already been invented. Juniper was the, – the Beast is the youngest to have ever finished it. Um, but, I mean, kids had done it close to that age already, so it wasn't totally mind-blowing that she had done it. So yeah, to answer your question, I don't, I don't really feel like maybe there's hate well, that we don't know about. No, yeah, I don't people know. like Blizzard was talking about. Like, there were people on the CDT, I guess, saying some. Things I guess if about you have us, something but, to say, I'd rather than say it to our face. Yeah, nobody, but, nobody said it to us, so I don't count that as anything. Then I mean, if somebody's gonna say it, but not to us, it doesn't really. I don't know. It's water off a duck's back. Now the AT very much kind of a uh, a, a a trail a town a trail near a lot of towns. You're not, you're not too remote at any one time. CDT, very different. I mean, you are out in the middle of nowhere for a lot of that hike. How, how did the logistics and how did the, you know, hiking with a family, how did that change from the AT to the CDT? Well, on the CDT, we kind of had this magical self-piloting minivan um, that we had. We didn't really have any plans. We're like, Okay, uh, Jeffrey and Hachita is going to drive us to the border tomorrow. So everybody get in the car. Let's go. And we didn't like I was like, hey, can we leave the van in Hachita, New Mexico for, I don't know, six or seven months until we get back to it? Well, your plan was you were going to have a friend, um, an ER doctor, maybe leave it at their house in Santa Fe or something. No, I I didn't have that plan. We were were trying to come up with where are we going to leave the van because we had to transport us. 
out to the trail. But I mean, we probably had like 20 different people drive the van last year on the CDT. Like somebody's heading north. So they'll just take the van up there. And then the van just magically kept following us up the trail. Uh, so that made logistics, I guess, more complicated trying to figure out where the van was and where it was going and how it was going to get there. Um, so when our, our plan with the CDT, I, I hate talking about logistics because I never know where we are on the trail. Like then, but <laughs> anyway, so we had to do a little bit of a flip flop because of the snow in Colorado. So we needed a way to get seven of us up to um, Wyoming. The basin, yeah. And so we wanted to keep the van around enough time to kind of get us up to there. But the, so when he says the van kept moving up, it's like we were trying to keep it so that we could move up to do the flip flop. And then we kind of ended up just keep using it um, during the trail. Yeah, but we... Um, like every month or every three or four weeks, we would end up seeing our car. We also had just the best angels. I mean, Diana in Silver City kind of helped us clear from Lordsburg up to what, Reserve? And then I, I preached in a church in Pytown. So they drove us around a bit, helped us get the car around, let us sleep on the floor of the church yes. for like four nights. It was like 20 degree nights. It was so uh -huh. nice to be inside. It was really windy too. Um, yeah, there was a surgeon Hallie that we hadn't met. Oh, yeah, there was uh Hallie and Jeff. Hallie sadly suddenly just died like a couple months yeah. ago. Trailing, um, but they were in Alamosa and they were trail maintainers. They had a 19 mile section in the, in the San Juans. Um, I mean, somebody let us use their condo in Copper Mountain. Uh, it just amazing. Somebody paid for an Airbnb and Steamboat for a couple nights. Um, things just I mean, I mean, people were incredibly, incredibly generous to us. Uh, and then for the last month, we actually had two hikers, Blizzard and Ypsilon, kind of hike with us and helped us figure out a bunch of stuff. Um, I don't know. We, we really got by on just incredible generosity. We, I'm sure, could have figured it out and made it on our own, but it was so much easier with just all the good people around us. Uh, you know, they say the trail provides... And really the trail and our minivan provided. Um, and, and also we were happy to pay that for it. I mean, if we had stuff in the minivan extra, we'd give it or we'd fill it with water in New Mexico and set the minivan somewhere with water in front of it. Or we'd give rides to people or they could borrow it. So, um, so you asked about the kids specifically. And I think having a car kind of helped most, you know, a lot of times you'll hitch into town. We didn't really hitch much. We did a couple of we times. We did a few times, yeah. But it, it helped to have a car to be able to move the big group of people around. Yeah, it, it was definitely hard hitching as a group of seven. How does a seven-person hitch work? Not well. Uh, <laughs> put the baby out there, and then somebody tries to stop and get the baby, and then <laughs> you're like, hey, wait for us. Put the baby in the middle of the <laughs> So Janae goes out there with a the baby, somebody pulls over, and then the other five of us come barreling out of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> the driver's just shaking his head going, oh, my gosh, what is going have, on? So we had we had a pickup truck hitch in southern at the southern end of the basin, Wyoming, and I mean there was no we'd been there like five hours, and like three cars came by, and finally a guy stopped, and he was gonna get us kind of within ten miles of where we needed to go. And we're like, hey, that's great. I mean, instead of thirty miles, it's ten miles. And then he decided to get us the rest of the way. We got a hitch in Buena Vista, Colorado, in the back of a pickup with a guy that we had actually just met. He was out camped right beside the trail. We met him the night before and then saw him. It's usually people that have seen us before because new people that drive by us think that we're completely insane and don't stop. 
they're, we're like, nobody's, they're not stopping for the kids. They won't stop. They're just like, like people would like wave or put their thumbs up or something. We're we like, Hey, we're actually, we need a hitch. We got a thumbs up and they give us a thumbs up back. I'm like, no. I, I can just hear the conversation in the car as they're going by. Honey, the honey, there's the hill people. Speed up. <laughs> get, get out of here. We had um, oh, the best hitch. In, the, in, no, the cop in Colorado. Well, he didn't give us a hitch, no, but he gave us Gatorade. We had this cop stop and we were like, <laughs> we thought for sure he was going to like ask us questions. And we're like, Bring up child protective and he actually services. gave us Gatorade. And then yeah. actually later we were hiking on a highway and three or four cops stopped just to ask how stupid we were. Yeah, they were. They thought but we were shady. They let us go. Somebody had called us in, I'm sure. Yeah, lots <laughs> of probably call-ins. <laughs> well, we no, got a hitch. We got a hitch in a schoolie. So a converted school bus to oh, somebody's. Uh, it was like his his music studio slash hot box, whatever. But he was driving up to whatever the hippie convention was. That went, What was it up there? Rainbow in, Festival. Rainbow Festival. Something I don't know. Something up in northern Colorado. But that was a fantastic hitch. I'm fascinated with schoolies, so it worked out well. All right. Hey, Queen Bee and Spreadsheet, I often ask my guests, you know, what kind of impact the the long trail has on, you know, what did you learn about yourself? How did you change? And I'm, I'm really intrigued to, to hear from the two of you how you think the trail impacted your kids or has impacted your kids. What, what do you hope they took away from all this? Um, well, I'll first start how it impacted me, like um, being, I know we talked a lot about Africa, but it's a big part of our life. And we just see so much death over there that um, you come back and it's just so nice to be out in nature and seeing beautiful things instead of sad things. And so for one thing, it's very positive on your mental health for sure. Um, and then about the kids, um, I mean, I think it just helps them to know they can do anything. They're just like, and when they first, first started, you know, we were so excited with like four miles and five miles. And then, you know, they were hit our head. Yeah. We had our first 11 mile day and we were like, yes, Katahdin. It was like a weekend. (laughs) And then, um, but yeah, just definitely bringing their, their um, self-esteem up and that they can do anything. And also when they get up in the morning and it's cold and their feet are cold or their shoes are frozen or something (laughs) um, to know that, okay, if you just start walking, they're going to get warmer and, (laughs) And if you complain, don't call the cops. Okay. <laughs> that sounds really bad. No, but they're going to get warmer and you're going to be fine. <laughs> Lost no toes. Okay. Your turn. I failed. You did fantastic. <laughs> Here's somebody knocking on the door downstairs right now. <laughs> uh, I, 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 um, I don't know that I'm really introspective enough to know how the trail changed me. I feel like it's always, I mean, the focus is always on the kids. Like, what do we need to do to get the kids ready for bed or to get the kids fed or to make sure the kids are having a fun time or keeping them engaged? Um, you know, how how, are, how is this affecting the kids? It's kind of what's always on my mind. And, and I, like she said, I mean, the kids, I know they can do hard things. Uh, they, they can hopefully look back at this and see this as a great experience that taught them a lot. I've, we've seen them grow in terms of responsibilities. Uh, especially on the CDT, the boys and even the girls too, they were actively seeking out to take on more responsibility. I mean, starting campfires was kind of the AT thing, but then on the CDT, 
they started wanting to set up the tents and wanting to figure out how the stove worked and wanting to put up the bear hang and wanting to take down. And, and on the AT, it was kind of fighting tooth and nail to get them to carry anything in their pack. And on the CDT, I mean, they saw what we were doing. We're carrying the baby. We're carrying a lot of weight. And we wouldn't ask. They would just start putting stuff in their backpack by the I end. I mean, they're still normal, normal kids, weight. too. They People are like, do you have abnormal kids? And we're like... Of course we have abnormal <laughs> kids. No, but I mean... They, they live in chat. They do complain, but I don't know. They're, you know, they're not on their little, whatever, their devices. We, we, we did get them iPods, but... But they're not on their devices all the time. They're they're actually out looking at nature and looking at scenes and different things. So I feel like it's very healthy for them. Our kids are very abnormal. They have both nature, but and they do still complain, and, and they're still kind of normal because you know they're, they're just normal kids. But um, they're more normal than their parents. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a concept that's not mine. Not, I didn't come up with this, so I'm, I'm not, not taking credit for this, but. A lot of people out there are always waiting for things to get easier. They're waiting. I guess just kind of a normal frame of mind. If I if I wait a little bit longer, if I learn a little bit more, things are going to get easier. I can't wait till life gets easier. And the, the truth is, is that life never gets easier. We just get better at doing hard things. And it seems to me by by doing these these uh, huge hikes as as youngsters, that your kids have gotten a jump start on doing hard things better already i mean maybe or they're going to revolt against us and never want to do anything hard <laughs> ever <laughs> they're not rebelling yet um no they, it was interesting they were the ones kind of pushing for the cdt so when we were finishing the at it was just a few days to the end to getting to georgia and i actually pulled out some uh oh what's the what's the website halfway anywhere i think um and they had one guy was writing like why the PCT is better than the CDT and another guy who's clearly his friend. I mean, they have this comedy between them was writing about why the CDT is better than the PCT. And so I'm reading this to the kids. I read the one guy's article and then the other guy's article and they got kind of excited about the CDT. Um, and so, I mean, it was, it was not a thing where we had to talk them into the CDT at all. Same thing for the PCT. I mean, we told them on the trail, everybody's like, so, okay, you're doing the CDT, so you're doing the PCT next. And I mean, it was always, well... I mean, it really does help to. to be around other cool hikers because, yeah, you know, they sure. have these dreams and part of the dream is a triple crown, which we would be very fortunate to be able to do. But, you know, you get around other hikers and they start talking. And so yeah. um, it's kind of fun. No, but there, the there, kids, was, there was no effort needed to motivate them. Are the kids all in on the triple crown? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. for sure. Even dead weight. I mean, she's saying, "Hey, she's holding the <laughs> no, that fingers." That was like preferred words. Triple crown. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's the wild card. So, really, as a, as a, an eight month old, she was pretty easy. I mean, you put her on the toilet when you stop, and you put her in the backpack when you're walking, and then you put her on the boob at night. Uh, mm, I got no sleep. <laughs> I slept great, <laughs> but then, uh, <laughs> which is why I was probably cranky. But now, I mean, I don't think she, it's going to be harder because she's not going to want to sit in the kid carrier all day long. And she's not going to want to sit on a toilet. When she, she's going to want to run around and be a normal two-year-old. But um, So we've changed things up. Olin's a, Olin's a much faster hiker than me. So he is going to carry dead weight now. And he's going to maybe hike ahead and then let her out and play. And I don't know. We'll we're, see. We're playing it by ear. She, she's definitely the wild card now. Um, two is going to be much harder than eight months. 
Well, big kudos to you. Can you share a favorite memory from each of the trails? One one particular moment that really stands out for you? Yeah, there's so many. Katahdin was awesome. We didn't finish at Katahdin, but it was a pretty epic day. We made it about uh, maybe a 27, 28-mile day because we went from outside the park up to the top and then back down to outside the park again. Um in one day, it was a real big day. It was like a 22 hour day. Now for sure we're bad parents. Um, but but it, it was a huge epic day and it was just really big day for the kids. It was a bummer that we didn't actually finish there. We still had like 900 more miles to go, but that was just a really phenomenal day for us. When we finished Katahdin, we, we had um, we, that we hit 1300 miles there. And so we had the rest of you know the AT to do. But we had the easy part left. So we were like, we felt like we could finish at that point. We're like, we just, we kind of just did the easy part. Yeah, we had done the whites. We had done Maine. It was all downhill. Uh, There, I mean, there are so many favorite parts for me, but um, I guess I can put a group of favorite days. I really, really like the winds, the Wind River Range in Wyoming. Um, And we, I, I wanted to be the cool mom. Like, we're not always the cool mom. And, you know, so, uh, the cool cool parents (laughs) but um and i hate cold water but i was like i'm gonna be the cool mom for once so i decided and it was my own stupid thing that um we're gonna jump in one lake a day so we so we we get in the winds and there's tons of lakes there and i was like oh well you know let's just go swimming a lot and i hate cold water but i'm gonna force myself to do it so each one of us once a day no matter where you like just whether any lake, it didn't matter what lake or what body of water, you had to get in water once a day. So we did every time, every day in the winds, we all jumped in the lake, wherever it was, and it was freezing cold. And one one time, Olin was in this really freezing cold um, glacier melt, and him and Juniper jumped in, and I saved it for another another lake that was less cold. A warmer body of water. But it was super fun, and I pretended to be the cool mom. <laughs> The cool mom. And I love, I love spreadsheets comment. I've never been the cool mom. <laughs> no, but the kids really loved it. And I think if you are trying to help your kids have fun, you'll kind of do anything for that. Yeah. Uh, make, making sure the kids have a good time is, I mean, it's 90% of our energy. Did you learn anything new about uh, your spouse on these trips? <laughs> Um, I hadn't before known what she smelled like after a week. <laughs> I think there was one day, we, one time we did like 10 days without a shower. Although we did jump in a few lakes, but that was, yeah. We got bad. right. <laughs> That's not a very good memory. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I mean, we, we'd been married. Well, we did, we'd been married for 13 years when we started the AT already. So there weren't there weren't many. Victoria didn't have many secrets left. Mm-hmm. Funny. No, um, I did. Olin is very good at not complaining. And when he twisted his ankle in the whites on the AT, um, I thought for sure, like maybe he was going to drive and be a support. Or and we talked about maybe I would hike, but it just not as fun if you break up the family. So he took one for the team and started hiking with a twisted ankle and um yeah he's just always one never to complain so it's kind of nice if there's somebody that's going to complain it's going to be me so i try and hold my tongue 
but uh yeah and it and it is kind of nice to be out in the woods and out in the wild you know and got a manly man taking care of you so it's kind of it's different than living in the city for sure Who? it's like who's been taking care of you <laughs> you dear you're the oh. manly man <laughs> okay. yeah that's me so you know it does spice things up a little bit when you're out in the woods and you're <laughs> i just love when i get to be manly <laughs> and you know there's grizzly bears and there's lightning and there's cold and all those things so it's it's very kind of primal when you're out in the woods with the elements primal love it you know i'm always on the lookout for an episode title during our our, our uh, interview <laughs> it's kind of like the trail name for the for the for the episode and i think i've just stumbled across the the trail name for the episode getting primal with queen bee nice. I think we should stop before we. That's what we call it when you hit day seven before a shower. Getting primal. Yeah, (laughs) getting primal. All right. Hey, hey, you two. You know where we are right now? I don't. I mean, yes. Based on my experience of watching that, listening to this podcast weekly, (laughs) uh, of course, we're at the. You tell him. I don't. Yeah, we're at the part where we give advice. Oh, Oh, look at you! No, we are. I was listening. Hiking hacks. That's right. It's time for the hiking hack. That's where you guys get to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience better. So ladies first, Queen Bee, what is your hiking hack? Well, I learned from another awesome woman hiker to prevent blisters by using Luco tape. And probably most people know this, but... Um, we didn't know it when we started and we were trying to use like moleskin that kept coming off and blister band-aids and all that stuff. And so the AT, our, our feet were wet a lot. And so Luco tape, you tear off a little piece and you wrap it around your toes and you can leave it on for like a week, even when you're nasty and gross. So it really, really, really helps. And even on the kids, they did really well. And we actually, I don't think any of us had blisters on the CDT, but that is a hiking hack that many people may know, but if you don't, it really, really helps. Okay. And we get two for one bonus because we got two of you here. So spreadsheet, what is your hiking hack? Oh, what is my hiking hack? My hiking hack is uh, never work with children or animals. (laughs) 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 I don't know what, when sleeping in a when sleeping in a double hammock, make sure you make sure you sleep butt to butt. <laughs> yes, that's right. That is the preferred position for all involved, and don't have a beanie supper. <laughs> all right. Well, hey. So there you have it. We are just about done here. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Queen Bee and Spreadsheet. I want to thank them for joining us this week. Danae and Olin, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Oh, we're going to, we're going to be making a solid attempt at blogging this. We'll see how this goes. So on what is it? The trek.co we're going to be PCT bloggers this year. Uh, And then Danae was relatively active on, no, she was pretty active on Instagram last year uh, on the CDT. So if you look for Netterberg, our last name, N as a Nancy, E-T-T-E-B-U-R-G, there are extremely few of us in this world, so you'll be sure to find this. 
Yeah, I really like taking pictures, but my phone is still pretty full right now. So hopefully we can we, make some space before the PC. We legit have 140,000 pictures in our iCloud. So she can't <laughs> she can't take any more pictures. Her phone. I'm just going to take in the beauty of the PCT and not take any pictures. <laughs> if you put any more in that cloud, it's going to start raining. That's, that's a lot of pictures <laughs> in the cloud. All right. Well, hey, remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakingmirror at gmail.com. Off the beaten path. Now, unfortunately, we can't always be on the trail. And when we're not, we need to find a way to get our adventure fixed. Danae and Olin, I'm going to ask you to share some outdoor adventure media with our listeners to help them get by. This can be a book or a movie or a documentary. We call this segment Off the Beaten Path. What do you have for us? Oh, what was the name of Harvey's documentary? That would be a good one to fit with our... uh, uh, The... Below the... Above the tree. tree. Above the tree line, maybe? So if you look at Harvey, what's his last name? Harvey Sutton. Harvey Sutton, um, his their family friend made a documentary. We've seen it, really, really, really professionally well done. Harvey was four; he was five when he finished the AT. So it kind of gives a glimpse as to what it's like to hike the AT with, with a very little person. Um, yeah, above the trees, something above. Oh, above the tree line because he was five and he got uh, permission to go above the tree line on Katahdin. Yeah, yeah. And um, also, it should be coming out soon. It's- not out yet though but be on the lookout for that and um i am not a big reader but i i read a couple of books by um heather anderson and i just could not put the books down um so all of her books really but really loved the last one the one that i read last was thirst so it got me excited to go to do the pct she's so impressive yeah for sure what have we not asked you by the way, that's my daughter, half calf. Uh, she thinks that she's English. I'm not sure what accent that is, but uh, before we wrap things up, uh, just one more segment for you called, what have I not asked you that you're dying to tell us about? What do we miss tonight? Um, I think you got a little too much detail, but <laughs> um, we, I just like to give a shout out to all the other families. There's a lot of families that are hiking yeah. different long trails this year. Yeah. And it's kind of fun since we've been in Africa and I'm just on social media, just um, the daily family. They, they did the part of the PCT last year and now they're doing the AT. And then there's another group, a couple of groups um, that are doing the AT this year. And it's just really fun to see other families out there. One is with a baby. I forgot her name now, but um, she has a, a, one-year-old and also an eight-year-old and then there's another family that's really huge that somebody just referred me to 32 feet up 15 children i think they're called 32 feet up. we're not the only weird strange ones out there there's lots of other families they're they're really yeah they're cooler than we are too yeah so um yeah so keep a lookout for them okay all right, we are finished. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Queen Bee and Spreadsheet. I love the names. They really fit the two of you. Uh, we wish you the very best on the PCT, and we hope you'll come back and tell us all about it on a future episode. Can we can we get that uh, committed to right now? I'll I, sign. I hope that it's longer than a uh, week-long hike. Yeah, <laughs> we, <laughs> let us finish first. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you for tuning in. Always remember, the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. 
It doesn't even care if you've had to carry the toilet for dead weight all day long. The trail <laughs> is the trail. Embrace the suck. Yes. <laughs> 